Hey guys, thanks for listening. This is Ed Zarnowski. I'm here with uh, the man, Deadpool himself, Brian Daniel, and uh, we're here to talk geek speak last week. So thanks for uh, thanks for listening. And uh, this week we wanted to cover what we talked about last week, which is uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. I think we both saw it at this point now. Um, what were your thoughts? What did, what did, what were your big takeaways? I loved it. Like I, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I think me being able to read the blurbs and see what they were saying, uh, at leading up to it and then watching it, I was able to go, okay, no, this is not a direct continuation. It's a spiritual continuation. And, you know, from there, I just, I just had a ball. I, I just enjoyed the crap out of it. Um, the first episode was absolutely fantastic. It yeah, literally could have just a been lot an of episode. fun. Yeah, that, yeah, that could have just literally just been an episode from back in the day with new animation. Like yeah. it, the the corny the corny lines, like the just just the cheesiness of, of some of the interactions, and it it just it was so much fun. And then for the the way they literally just kind of like, you're just along for the ride, like having a ball. And then they just literally just go, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and they yank yeah. the rug out from under you, literally. And <laughs> I mean, I knew as a, you know, just as a geek and as a would-be writer and, you know, whatever, I, like you, you kind of see the way something is gonna go just from the way they lead up to things and just from mm-hmm. the way they described it in the blurb. And yet, they still found ways to shock me. Yeah, I thought that. I can't say that I didn't see certain things coming, but overall, I was on the ride. I enjoyed the ride. I thought that the changes they made worked. I thought the new people that they introduced worked they were you know had a, had something to do at least uh had some depth and had some reason for being there and there's nothing i dislike more than when they just put a new character who's never been in something when you have a a, a full bench of people that you could draw from and plop in that place but i think that the people that they did put into this and that there wasn't a ton of them but they worked and they had a reason for being there and it, and it made sense for the story. And I, I, I had a hell of a lot of fun with it. I did. I thought it was really, really good. And I don't see what all the hatred is for. I don't get it. I think we we talked about it enough last time. I don't understand it. It's gotten worse. Um, It's it's actually gotten worse since it actually came out. Like, like the, like, like, I don't like the beast fanboys out here are just, they losing their daggone minds over this. Here's the thing. Can't they see where it's going? Like, you can see where it's going. It, it's clear and as day. It's, it's not. I don't understand. I watched a video, like a review video, and the dude sat down and spoiler territory, everyone. So if you don't want to know anything, <laughs> step away for a second. But they they sat down and the first words out of their mouth out of their um for the review was they killed He-Man in the first episode. And my thought was. Y'all really think he, you really thought he was dead? Like the first yeah. episode and they just gonna just like, and even Kevin Smith has come out and like responded to it, like the hate and the backlash, like, yo, what is, 
What is wrong with you? Do you really think Mattel <laughs> would hire me yeah, to tell right. a story where we're going to kill off He-Man for good? Yeah. Like, how about, how about we give these characters some stakes and, God forbid, give them something to do instead of episodic cartoon television, which the original He-Man was, the original Master Universe was, mm-hmm. and it was geared towards children who have a very short attention span. That is not what this point. is. And it was this the cell toys. Yeah, exactly. This is long, long-term storytelling that, you know, gives some agency to people. Oh, God forbid, it's a woman they give some agency to. And, you know, tell a story that's progressive and it's not, you know, not progressive, progressing and it's going somewhere. Give it some time to breathe. Some, and this is only part one of what he originally, uh, his original plan was to have one whole uh, completed or season and it was broken down into one half so we got the first half we're going to get the second half but if you could see it as and it's again it's just people want everything automatically but if you wait there's obviously they're leading up to him coming back and him finishing his story arc Mm -hmm. but to do that they're using tila who was also a giant character in the original series i don't know every episode problem is yeah every episode don't get it so, yeah, she she's has something to do and there's some stakes and He-Man's not there to save the day like every other time. But they're getting there and it's clear that they want to get there and they want to tell that story. But I think they're trying to come at it from a different point of view where everybody's not like, oh, OK, it's another one where He-Man beats up Skeletor. That's fun that, when you're 10 and I, I get it. A but, big monster or like, like yeah, I, I mean, mean, we've seen that. We've yeah. seen that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, a lot. We have we have <laughs> whole series of that. And I mean, there was enough of it in here for me to be like, oh, that's the characters I remember. And I mean, they they were making some really really big fan service moments. You and I had talked about off uh, off dude, recording. I, dude, the whole okay. I mentioned this last week. I've been I've been watching videos on 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 YouTube. Guy's name is um, is, is the Toy Guru Guru, but it, the this channel is Specter Creative, um, Specter Creative, and it's named that because he helped create one of the fan created characters. They had a um, a contest back mm-hmm. when he was working for the Origins line, and he helped create a character named. Um, um, Spectre. He's a time jumping character. Dude right. looks like a straight up superhero with like a with an ace on his on his uh, chest and everything like that. So that's why it's Spectre creative. He helped create that character while he was there. My point with, with me talking about this is watching his videos has given me a, a a greater appreciation for the brand than I already had, and I I already had a great appreciation for the brand, and I already do mm-hmm. a decent amount of the lore and everything right. else. And watching his videos just gives you all this lore and information and it just makes it so go deep. So I needed to see what he had to say about the move, about the, the show. And he geeked out so hard because he was literally going, I love the way they, they, they presented certain things because in the original lore, Preternia was literally Eternia's past. Okay. Right. And, and, and Subternia was literally the underworld, like within the ground and everything else. 
Mm-hmm. So the fact that they made it the, the afterlife, basically heaven and hell, he yeah. was like, I love that they did that. Like it, it's, it's something completely different, but it still uses lore that I helped create. So I am so excited to see it. Yeah. He was excited to see all the different, the, the, the different He-Men of legend. Like if you go and look up the, a title, He-Men of legend on YouTube, there's a whole video and it will tell you what all of those characters in Preternia, who their names were. We only right. got like two of their names. But they yeah. all have names, and they were all based on figures mm-hmm. and everything else. These he didn't just pull them out of out of thin air. The dinosaur that King Grayskull came yeah. rolling on—that was a figure. That was a toy. That I was like, cool. I was like, oh, 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 oh my <laughs> goodness! Like it that this show was such a love letter that it it was like like I said, watching those videos, then watching this, I was seeing things that I had got I had forgotten about but had been reminded by the toy guru videos. And yeah. then I'm seeing, then seeing them in the action in the cartoon. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, a, a, Holy crap. And then the story right. was just fantastic. Yeah. I thought, I thought, every, like fantastic. I said, it's not the first time that anything in pop culture has told a story where the main character dies right. or is, or is put out of, of, of a commission while the side characters or supporting characters end up li- hauling all of the weight yeah. for the next part of the story. Yeah. And the, and, and the, fact the fact that people are upset about that is just exactly. It, this it isn't the first time it boggles my mind. I, I really don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time it's happened. It, it no. ha- it's happened before and it worked well. It's working well here. Yeah, it's just. I, uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I can't wait for part two. I told you my my favorite part part was in episode one when they kill Mossman and Skeletor says, "Oh, it smells like pine." Smells like pine. <laughs> that, I was like, that took me back to when I was a kid, and I, I used to just like sit there and sniff it. Him and Stinkor, both of them. I, I just yeah, like and they were both in the crazy. episode. Yeah, it was crazy. I was just like, I can't believe they actually called out the fact that he smells like pine it's, that was rough that a, was rough like just a small thing he, but I he just said it and he was just like smells like pine i was like <laughs> oh yeah that was awesome <laughs> i mean there's, there's so about- much of so much to like in the show that i can't see why people are hung up on this stuff i don't Dude, get it but. they gave they gave and I, i'm because i'm not trying to spoil anything i want people to actually watch this like it really was good but yeah. they gave your man's an actual hero moment. And I was like, yo, <laughs> yo, I I mean, and once that happened, I was like, well, I may as well say goodbye because I know what's going to happen next. But yeah. when they gave my man's the hero moment for real, <laughs> like I was like, my mind was blown. I was literally like, yo, this is, yep. I, I mean, Oh, and it kept going, and I was oh. The fact that they could do that and make you feel that way for that specific character was very. I mean, it, that's it, telling it, that it, they did a good it job. It proves how how well the show was written. I think, yeah. in my opinion, I, I think, personally, I agree. I yeah, agree. If you can get that person over and have people be on their side and and actually have them feel the way that you feel when that happens, then you're doing something right. You know, and people may not agree, but I, I, I liked the, I liked the whole series, but that specific moment, I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. That's something I would have never, ever expected, ever expected the heartwarming, all the heartwarming stuff that happened right before it. Oh yeah. yeah. 
oh yeah i expected that I, that oh yeah. yeah but 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 what came after i blew my mind blew my mind i literally like i teared up then because i knew what was going to happen after. right because <laughs> it was like i was like Yeesh, yeah ooh, that, ooh. <laughs> and, mm. so yeah and it, i think uh i think the show proved that we were absolutely right on our casting uh lena hetty killed it oh, she was so good Best evil in oh she was, she was so, so good so good in that show and so I, I think even if she was the live version uh counterpart she I was, was amazing starting to like you kids I was, oh. <laughs> oh. that was cool yeah oh. anyway yeah, all right move rather watch it watch it if you're yes. on the fence get off the fence if yes. you're hating on it because of what you heard or just because they're supposed because it's the teela show Stop. Just watch because the Taylor show was fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's exactly I came out of that almost the same thing with the uh, Wonder Woman movie where I was like, man, I'd watch a whole movie of the Amazons. Like I would just watch a movie on Themyscira and just same, watch same that. With, same with Black Panther. Same with Black yes. Panther. I said it after the movie, but after Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was oh, like, yeah. hey, just give me a Dora Milaje um, yeah. series. We, like, we need a Dora Milaje. Just, just all Dora Milaje. Just yep. all day. I would take it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, that was, definitely check it out, guys, if you have not already. Um, uh, we just wanted to touch on a couple pieces of uh, news. Um, some casting stuff that came up in the last week. Uh, Michaela Cole joining Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is pretty big news. Um, not saying that it's 100% lock, but I think I see where they're going, and uh, I'm 100% on board. I hope that's where they're going, but there's so much. There are other characters that she could be. and like, True. I mean, there's yeah. A, there, is a, there's another, there's another really important Dora Milaje character that they might end up casting. Malice? Huh? Malice? No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 no. One of the one of the two that ended up going rogue for a little while. Okay. Um, they and then they they ended up with their like their own like subset of the Dora Milaje for a little while, and then most recently they come back. I think it was um. I think her name was Io. Okay. Yeah, um, I know. I know who you're talking about. So. And I, I think she might have been supposedly cast in like one of the original and like, but I don't remember. But I, I hope it's what you're hoping personally, because because I think she'd be perfect. And we're dancing around this. I think everybody who knows about this uh, casting is thinking the same thing. We're hoping she's Storm. We're hoping yep. she's the MCU's version of Storm. And so she would be so perfect. She would be perfect. I mean, she has... I, I don't, you know, I I say this a lot in, in characters and actors. She has a presence about her. You can just, she has this look. She looks, I mean, if you look at the comic book version of her and her, a picture of her, and she's then, spot yeah, on. And then, throw, and then just throw some white hair on her. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I I think that the internet's probably already done that. I haven't oh, looked at yeah, they, have, they have. Yeah. I've already seen <laughs> yeah. like three different fan fan um, drawings. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure... She would work well. I'm just wondering, are they ready to introduce the X-Men yet? So who knows? They they may be, that may be the first step towards it. But then again, she could be somebody completely different. Mm -hmm. um, what I was thinking was um, 
Nakia uh, played the the character that Lupita Nyong'o played, I thought in the in the comics she ends up turning bad and being like a, an operative for uh, for Killmonger at one point in the comics. She so you're thinking char- maybe she could be that ver- uh, just MCU. a different version of Ma- yeah of that character yeah like not because I think that there's such a um, emotional relationship between Nakia and uh, T'Challa that turning her bed would make no sense, but still yeah. having that tied to that character could be something, you know? I um, agree. I agree. I think I, that I that Malice character would be something they could do on screen. And, and if they could literally did it, be Nakia's sister for all, you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything, but that was my thought. I thought maybe if they go that route, she could be her, but yeah, you're right. She, she could end up playing another Dora Milaje another. she could be, playing who knows she could playing a female version of a of a another character from the comics you never know so who who knows but i think that she's a good actress i think that she would definitely look the part of storm so i'm hoping for that i I have to give the mcu props for for um doing their own thing and not being slavishly beholden to the comics but being but being accurate enough to the source material that things don't feel ridiculously different. Right. Like there's, there's, there's so much, they basically mixed their 616 and their, um, their uh, ultimate universe. Right. Well, that's how it started. Yeah. And And, now and now it's just, it's just like, literally we just, we just pick and choose what we want from, but that's the thing. They're picking the best parts Exactly. For the most part. Don't get me wrong. Right. That exactly. MCU is not without wrong. I'm sorry, say again. I said, or they're taking inspirations. Yes. From, and and that's from, the thing. I mean, you can you can make twists and turns and, and use the best parts of stories and characters and put it into a pot and make the best version of it. And for the most part, I think that the MCU does that. They've made some missteps that I'm not happy about over the over the course of the the movies they've made, but on the whole, they have really embraced the changes that the tweaks and changes that they needed to make the characters more a more relatable or more realistic or more grounded. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, you can't you can't have somebody come right off of the comics every time because well, it's not going to work in a movie. You know, it's yeah. just the way it is. So I think that uh, with that being said, I do hope that they keep on changing things enough to make it interesting and make it, you know, palatable to a widespread audience. But I'm, I'm more of a purist than you are. You, you like to change things up, but I I like, I like the way things are in comics, but again, sometimes that doesn't work. It just doesn't, it it doesn't translate. It's not, it's comics have been around for, you know, we'll be on a couple hundred years now close to. So once you can't bring a guy from, you know, 75 years ago straight out of the page and say, okay, he, he'll work. Go ahead. Go into a movie. You have to make these tweaks and changes to what's going on now and make it relevant and all that stuff, which, you know, it isn't easy to do, but they seem to be doing a pretty good job. Their, their batting average is pretty good. Yeah. That, that, and that, that's basically all I'm saying about it. It's just that it's not that it's, it's not that uh, everything that they do is perfect or anything like that by any means, but they've, they're, 
they've consistently gotten things more right than they have wrong. And for every misstep they make, they acknowledge that misstep and say, oh, right. well, okay, well, then when we go back to that character or that story or whatever, right. we, we, we fix it. And and they, they do. And, oh, and Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's, that's, it's like, they're, they, it's like they make course corrections, but they don't like make immediate ones. It's like, no, we're going to make a course correction, but give us a minute because we yeah. got to make sure we, we plan this and plot this out and do it right. Imagine because, that planning out your universe before you release a movie. Imagine, you know, so, I mean, yeah, DC could definitely <laughs> use that, that strategy a little yes, bit more. Um, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, that, that's why I think people are so invested in that Marvel movies is because mm-hmm. they've, written character first spectacle hero second yes exactly and i mean if you if you can manage to have people cry at three points in in a movie of yours because a character died you're doing something right i don't care who you know i don't care who you are if you watch that movie and you've watched the movies leading up to it Endgame delivered at least three times where you are like on the verge of tears, if not crying, because this character Infinity who you War love. Broke. Infinity War broke my daughter. Yeah, it's that, that broke my daughters. So we just rewatched it the other day and I was just sitting there like, oh, man, it's going to happen again. My wife, my wife can't even watch it because she's she's like, I can't watch this part. I can't watch this part. I can't watch this part. I'm like, yeah, but it's a great movie. Yeah, but it's 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 depressing. This guy dies and that girl dies and this guy dies. And yes, and it's awesome. And that's part of making a good story is having these characters that you're invested in that you don't want to go. But there's a catharsis in it. It's it's there for a reason. They've so. had a journey. Yes, exactly. And been with them for the entire journey. Dude, we could do a whole episode on Infinity War and series. <laughs> I think like maybe that, we that, might. Those two, yeah, I think we may because those two movies were like a freaking masterpiece and a half. Like yeah. I, it's 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 unprecedented that you can literally tie up so much and still tell your own tell the regular story you're trying to tell, but you're literally tying off this here and I'm tying off this here and oh yeah remember that yeah we're gonna tie that off too and and you I, I, my, I, boom. Yeah. yeah I mean it's anyway. it is great so we were talking about a, a certain company that seems to be having an issue they they, <laughs> they apparently have cast someone for uh Batgirl did you see yes that? yes I saw and I'm I'm on board I think I is think this, it should be good I think so too but is this movie connected to the Batman is That's this what I was wondering because that Birds makes sense. Is it? this like like where, where is where are they going? I mean, they're it's their own movie, but therein lies the problem that we don't. The fact that we don't even know what it ties to is a big problem. If I it's mean, even tied to anything, if it's tied to anything, who knows? Maybe it's like Joker. Maybe it's on its own thing. This is the problem I have with DC. I why 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 do we not know? who this character belongs, what universe it is. It's boggling to me. Now, it, that they being don't know said... What, how many universes they have. They don't know what universe she belongs Honestly, to. They, the fact that the two competing companies, they're the two biggest comic book companies in the world. They're both making movies. One does it so right and one does it so wrong. I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't understand. So the fact that MCU has, what did they say now? Five years worth of movies planned out 
stories are in there. There's probably teams of people working around the clock just to get these things all interwoven. And then there must be another DC. There's a boardroom and there's a guy and he goes, Hey, you, um, you're making a background movie. Is it, uh, the guy says, uh, is it related to this movie or that movie? I don't know. Go figure it out. And then they come back with a screenplay and then who knows, who knows what it is. We don't know. The people there don't know. It's craziness to me. It boggles my mind. But the thing that, the, the, the thing that really blows my mind about that whole situation is it's Marvel took a couple of years to get their stuff together because they had already shopped out a, a lot of their properties to different companies by right. at that point when they started. Um, you know, X-Men was over at Fox and Spider-Man was over at Sony and so on and so forth. Yep. So when they started with Iron Man, and and you know incredible hulk and all that and once they did those like iron man iron man 2 incredible hulk and thor they were like you know what we got this we can do this as long as we basically have a company that's going to distribute our stuff. We can be our own production company. Right. And hence Marvel Studios was born. Right. And like, unfortunately, the Hulk still lies outside of that technically. Mm-hmm. But even now, they're still find they're finding ways around these loopholes, just like they did with Spider-Man right. eventually. And 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 but DC is Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is DC. <laughs> they literally have belonged to each other the entire uh, time. It's so sad. So, they have they own the entire they own the entire roster they own everybody they can make interconnected movies for everyone somebody is involved somehow some way or something but some there is some other third company that's involved that apparently is making this and i'm like but why (laughs) they're your stuff yeah, that's literally like saying, "Okay, I have this 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 house full of stuff, but I want a third party to come in and tell me how to work with my stuff." No, you. What are you doing? I mean, a that's lot of people will point to the fact that it's you know one guy doing this. It's Kevin Feige, and credit to him, he's done a great job of producing these movies and putting them together. But it's not one guy. It it can't be one guy not to do all this that that's been done. I'm sure he has a huge say in it, but everybody's like, oh, well, the only reason that DC is not doing that is because they don't have a Kevin Feige. You want to tell me that there's not a executive somewhere or even a DC guy, which they've tried to pluck out and and put in place. Uh, I think Jeff Johns was in there for a little bit. um, And uh, for uh, for Lanty, Dan Dan Didio, Dan Didio. Yeah. Um, So there's guys like that, but maybe they don't have the, uh, studio executive mind behind it, whatever it is. But you're telling me they can't put together a a think, a, tank? a think tank to come up with this stuff. You can, you and I could do a better job of doing this stuff than than they've done for the last ten years. Because, I mean, you look at their track record. There's not a whole lot there that you want to watch again. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. The the, the I'm saying DC extended universe, whatever they want. They never even gave that a name. That, that tells you how bad it is because they've never even said, yes, these movies 
that Zack Snyder was originally in charge of and so forth and so on. This is this like an MCU, a Marvel Cinematic Universe. People gave it their own name for it and called it the DCEU. Mm-hmm. And DC proper and Mar- uh, Warner Brothers still haven't said, yes, that's what it's called. They still haven't done it. Like that tells you that they don't know what they're doing. They just nope. don't. There, there's no clue. Um, that that being the case, that being said, the casting, I think the girl will do great. I think she's she was really good in uh, in uh, what is it called? In the Heights. Into the Heights. Yeah. She was really good in that. Um, you know, obviously she's very attractive. She's the right age. Um, but if she is going to be tied to the Batman movie or Batman, whatever it's called, the Batman, Batman, um, that would mean that she's the daughter of that version of which would make Lieutenant more sense than her being the daughter of just some other random normal version of like your your more comic book accurate version. Right. I mean, if he's like, like if his wife happens to be Hispanic or something like that, then that would, right. that would work out perfectly. But I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I look forward to her in the costume and playing the role and yes. see what they do. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I have no, I can't get excited for casting for them when they do anything because it's like, I don't, but I don't know what you're doing. Exactly. Half the time. It's like, yeah, you, we cast this person as this person. And right. until I see something that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Cause I mean, what would make sense now, this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but what would make sense is this would be a TV spinoff of the Batman movie. And she be the daughter of that version of Gordon. That would be fine. I'd be all, all on board with that. Who knows if that's going to happen? Nobody. Um, but then again, there are other titles that they're coming out with, like the one that we're going to talk about now, um, yeah. which has got to be in Elseworlds. It's not going to have anything to do with anything, I'm pretty sure, right? It'll I be its own know. thing. I don't know. It's not, it's not connected to the J.J. Abrams and uh, to Nessie Coates one. It's craziness. So, hey, here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Again. Michael so, B. Jordan is cast as Val Zod Superman for an HBO Max series. They haven't really revealed what it's going to be. Is it going to be a movie or yeah. a series? We don't know. But I mean, great casting. Again, it's, it's, what is it? It's a birth, it, are, now. Are we doing an Elseworlds or are we actually doing like an Earth? Earth, an Earth is this Earth Two? Are we actually going to do an Earth Two thing? Like, are we? Are we like I don't know, because that's in the comics. That's where Valzad is from. It was yes. when they when they did New Fifty Two, and they wanted to reintroduce the whole idea of an Earth Two, and they did this whole crazy world where, when you think about it, it's actually the exact opposite of what the original Earth Two was. The original Earth Two was where the Golden Age superheroes basically right. thrived. And then they had they had children, and it was like a legacy world of heroes and villains. And the reboot was basically, nah, these are basically very close versions of the heroes that you know and love. But then Apocalypse came and killed the Trinity, and everything went to crap. Right. And I was like, well, that's an interesting take on the world. And I've always actually wanted to get the comic for it. So Superman dies, and 
a Kryptonian that's been on the planet, basically hiding, who, who is actually a pacifist, becomes the next Superman. And right. he's uh, from the house, he's from Zod's house, but he was actually raised by the Yells, Kara Zor-El, Power Girl's family. Right. So and, from what I understand of it, I guess Kal-El died, and so yes. did the, the, the uh, geez, Kal-El and Jor-El and the wife whose name is escaping me. They all died, but they put um, Valzad in his uh, ship and sent him to Earth, correct? No. Kal-El no. made it to Earth. Kal-El made it to Earth. Zod, uh, Valzad was basically living with um, Zor-El. Kara's family. So oh, okay. They basically did the whole, oh crap, the planet's dying too. Like they, they, the, the, the elves basically got together and basically, and they sent all the kids to Earth. Basically. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and yeah. So I don't know the full backstory, but he's been on the planet just as long as Power Girl and Superman. He knew who Superman was. He knows Kara and he ends up in a relationship with Kara. But yeah, but he's a pacifist by nature. He was raised by pacifists on Earth. Got you. Okay. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's a, it's definitely an interesting premise, and I, I'm excited to see what they do. But again, it's just the same problem of is this going to connect anything? Is it not? No. Is it its own thing? Is it what is we it? Just have three different versions of Superman, or two <laughs> because because Henry Cavill won't be Superman anymore. Oh God. And, and then the problem again is. <laughs> which is so it, yeah it's, no exactly. it's true but doing? it's it's sad but this will probably be scrapped within a month or they'll get a they'll get a director and then the director will drop out or michael b jordan will drop out and they'll continue going without him it's just the way these dc things go yeah and i mean it's it shouldn't be this hard it really no. shouldn't i mean it's look i mean the flash has been through just Ridiculous. Oh, it's sad. And oh the original idea of that when they were first pitching it or talking about it or whatever it was that we first got wind of it was a, essentially a good idea. Doing a Flashpoint and, you know, taking Flash. No, I thought the from... original idea was actually before it was Flashpoint, the original idea was basically a buddy movie with Cyborg. Oh, see, I don't even remember that. That's how long ago it was. Yeah, because Cyborg was supposed to be heavily involved in the Flash movie. Oh, see, I don't know. Well, then all that other stuff came out, so we know that that ain't happening no more. So, uh, it's Man, a mess. Anyway, it is a can mess. Can we not talk about DC anymore? I'm getting <laughs> absolutely. We can get off of that subject and back to back to what we actually uh, enjoy. Um, it's sad to say that because the the comics. I do like DC comics, and I do like those characters, and they deserve a lot better than they're getting. It's I, no. I've been saying that for the longest. I've been I've been saying that for the longest. And th this is one of the reasons why I have like almost every one of their animated movies. I think I'm missing three out of the whole, like the entire thing, uh, the entire run, because I've enjoyed almost all of them. Even the missteps, I was like, well, you know what? At least the visuals were good and some of the voice acting was good. And it's like- We've talked I, about that before too, how I guess there's- I don't even know why, because they should be able to do this. And they're doing it a little bit now with what if and stuff like that. But there should be direct-to-video or direct-to-DVD or whatever you want to call it 
versions of Marvel stories told in animated form, but they're just not doing it. It's a market that they are not interested in for some reason, and I don't they, really know they why. They, because they didn't do as well as DC did when they tried it. When yeah. they were doing them, they did a couple of really good ones, but then they like, but but the fact that the fact was is that they had already stumbled so many times that by the time they got to the good ones, mm-hmm. Marvel was probably like, nah, we're we're yeah. just not gonna do this anymore. Because the Iron Man one was crap. The um the um see I can't even remember what the other one I was. remember like in the Doctor Strange one. I was gonna say the Iron Man one was crap. The Doctor Strange one I love. Um, the Hulk versus was great. The Hulk versus was awesome. Um, I like that a lot. Oh, that's what it was. The Avengers ones were just eh. They, they were did, just well. Eh. The one, the one they the had. First the one was the Ultimate good. Avengers were pretty good, right? Yeah, Is that Ultimate what you're talking Avengers about? One, the first one was good. The yeah. second one, I hated that. The one. second one was with uh, Black Panther, right? Yeah, and I just hated yeah, the way they, that was. It was I, didn't, right. yeah. I didn't like the way they. I didn't like the fact that they basically gave him the Batman mask. And yeah, I know that was odd. I know he's had that. He's had it in once. the comics, but yeah, that's but when I think of Black Panther, I do not think of him no, with a mask yeah, no, put out like that. Now it didn't, and it, it just threw me off. I think so, they I, even gave him the the cape too. Yeah. Which my in in my opinion, you know, there's been a bunch of iterations, but in my opinion, I, you never give a cape to no. <laughs> never give a cape to Black Panther. It just doesn't make sense, and it doesn't. So yeah, that that's basically how that went. And then after they did they did the Thor, they did Thor, uh, Tales of Asgard, which was like the young Thor. Yeah, one. and I actually was, enjoyed that, that. That one wasn't bad. I remember that being pretty. pretty and good. then Planet Hulk. And that Planet was Hulk like, was awesome. I like that was the last one too, and it was the, that was good. I loved yeah. that one. Planet Hulk was d- d- jam. Yeah, like they should really get on that because I think that if they had the right people in place, obviously, just like and then they put out a couple of anime movies. They put out the the Iron Man. Yeah, I remember that. The, the I didn't Iron watch Man, those. Big surprise. Technovore, uh, <laughs> and then they put out the uh, the Black Widow Punisher one. That was fly. I like that one. I didn't watch it. That one was good. And then that, didn't they do an X Men, an X Men anime? Those were series though. Oh, okay, okay. And I and those were actually they were actually pretty good. They I, mm. like I have a ranking on those. Like there's like like mine literally it goes for me it goes Blade, X Men, um, Iron Man, Wolverine. Okay. Because Wolverine, I dislike the the character design that they used. They basically did the exact opposite of what Wolverine should be. Right. They, they, made him tall and they made him i call him pretty boy logan tall pretty and thin yeah yeah pretty and thin and whatnot it's like and then you get to the x-men anime and my man looked like wolverine oh okay and i'm like see you can do him you can do wolverine i mean it's been such a long time i kind of forget what it looked like because i remember seeing the the preview or whatever and, and again anime is not my thing um but when I looked at it, I was like, eh, it doesn't look terrible. But again, I'm not going to watch it because it's just not my deal. But Wolverine I remember and X-Men are actually on Netflix right now. Oh, are they? Okay. Maybe, I'm going to say maybe I'm going to watch it. I probably, <laughs> I'm probably not. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I got to say, with all that being said, I think that, you know, I don't want this to come across as a, as a podcast where we're just bashing DC and we love Marvel and all that stuff. I love all comics. And I you love, love all comics. Me too. We want these movies to be good. I mean, yeah. I would love nothing more than all these movies to be good, but the fact is they're not. And there's something should be done to change that. I mean, it's 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 an easy enough thing to fix and to do. So I really hope when that they get their stuff do, together. 
when you can do what you do in animation in half the time that you have for screen time, mm-hmm. then you can put some money into a live action movie with a script with two hours and give me a good movie. Yeah, That's the exactly. way I feel about that. Like yeah. someone needs to, someone in the live action department needs to start going to hire the writers that are writing the animated movies. Yeah. Because it's just like literally the Green Lantern animated movie could have been transplanted to the lot, to the big screen with some slight tweaks yeah. and it would have been fantastic. Right. But anyway, but uh, but anyway, um, so moving on, uh, I think, did we touch on this on the last uh, on the last episode or no about we did what not happened? Touch on this. We touched on the finale, but we did not touch on this specific, specific thing. thing. So we found out after we recorded last week's episode, after we talked about the Loki. I finale. saw it. But I just didn't I, bring it up. You saw it. I didn't see it. So, oh, yeah. See, I, I definitely saw it. Apparently, during the uh, intro to the episode, the, the finale of Loki, there is a spaceship flying through the through space. And I totally missed it. It must have been a blink and you miss it thing. I totally missed it. I caught it now on the Internet because people are bringing it up. But that's a big Big, big cameo if we think it is what it is. It's the way it played is it's that it literally it literally happened at the same time that they were playing the sound bite from like it happened like right before right uh, when they played the sound bite of uh, John Glenn saying one step for man. Oh, uh, that's like that. even a bigger yeah, drop. And, okay. And, and then on top of all that, it was like, uh, yeah, so it, it, it happened at that moment, and it was just like, oh, oh, okay. Like you, but it goes with five, it goes by really fast. Okay. But like, I, I was like, when I was watching it, it's just like, oh, uh, that was a ship. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, because I watched my, you know, Easter egg videos and yes. everything else. They when they pointed that I was like, yeah, I definitely saw that. And they were like, it's not, it doesn't match any ship that we've seen before. Right, which in, is in huge. Any of the movies that we have before. So just like the speculation earlier of are they bringing Storm into the MCU in this uh, in this next installation of Black Panther? Are we going to see the Fantastic Four show up? We already know they're getting a movie. But that's not until next year, right? I think that was when they said so. it was going to be released. Yeah. But this would be the first actual presence of them in any of the MCU stuff. So now, sorry, drop something. The ship <laughs> itself looked pretty like futuristic. So that was the one thing that threw me off. So, like, all right. I know there was rumors that some because isn't uh. Isn't Ant-Man dude going over? Yeah, like isn't after this is it his name? Ang will be in Quantumania, yes. Yep. Or or no, no, it's Spider-Man. Uh it's the Spider-Man director that's doing it. Is doing Quantumania. No, he's doing uh he's doing the Fantastic Four. After No Way Home. Oh, Pey- Peyton Reed, you mean? Yeah. Is is Peyton Reed the the director of Spider-Man? Oh no, you're you're right. I'm I'm mixing up my people here. Mark Webb. Yes, that's it. That's Mark it. Webb? Mark Webb. Yeah, Mark Webb. 
So I wasn't aware that he was the one who was directing that, but that would make a lot of sense. Cause I remember back, uh, this is months ago. Now they were saying Peyton Reed had done a, done a script or I guess a treatment for a fantastic four set in the seventies, which was a very interesting idea. Um, so this must be something completely, completely new that I'm unaware of um, that Mark Webb is now directing us, which I mean, for the fantastic four that fits, I mean, another fun movie, another uh, lighter, no, no, lighter. I'm sorry. So wait, I could have sworn he was, I could have sworn. Is it's John? It's John Watts. Mark Webb was. Oh, he uh, was the the fan. Uh, yeah, Christ, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. That's. Yeah. So this he is John did. Watts who did Homecoming and. Yes. Yes. Arkham. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry about that. Well, that's why the people come here for our our top notch. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, obviously we had some facts wrong here, but the the. F- the main brunt of the story is that that guy will be directing the fantastic four movie when it comes out. So I think that, uh, you know, if, if everything lines up, I mean, again, this Loki show is about bringing Kang in. Kang has huge ties to the fantastic four. And if you're saying this is a futuristic ship, maybe that has something to do with, I was thinking that too. I, I know originally when they were talking about it, uh, the guy that was the guy that is doing the Ant-Man movies had said that he would love to do Fantastic Four. And his idea would be to bring them in in sort of a very similar fashion to what he did with Ant-Man, where he was where they had been scientists back in the past. Mm-hmm. But because of their experiment and everything else yeah they became the fantastic four and on their first like actual mission as the four they get lost in the negative zone slash quantum zone slash whatever and right. that's where they've been this entire time and then we they would be able to get out of there and that's where we would have the movie star that would be an interesting and actually a very good way to go yeah but at the same time i feel like having them start now and having us see the future versions of them going through the ship would be awesome because we can do the movie and then that moment could literally be in the movie. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be like good. literally they're flying through something and they're just, and it's just like whatever. And, and, and we see all around them is what we saw in Loki. Mm-hmm. And, Which... and whatnot. Uh, we both thought it would be a, a cool idea to see how we would bring these characters in. Um, and again, th- this is just uh, two guys thinking about it. So I had something similar to that. I won't say it's the exact same thing, but my, my idea for the way to bring them in would be to have a, during a mission, basically Reed Richards and his team basically go through like the multiverse when it opens and it sends their ship into a different timeline. Mm -hmm. So while they're on their first mission, the multiverse, because obviously that's happening, we're going to have some kind of portal open. They're going to be launched into a different timeline. And the timeline is during the Avengers battle with Thanos during Endgame. 
where the double back-to-back snaps happen. And that's what makes the causes the basically the storm in space that creates the radiation that would transform them and to what they become. That was my quick thought, quick pitch idea of how they could get their powers. Um, again, it's not exactly what you said, but, but both make sense yeah. in a way because they're going to, they're going to end up using the multiverse and all the things that are happening there to bring them in. That's my thought. Some, some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking, that's why I was, my thought process was, like I, I said, is everything would happen now in the here and now post snap. Um, but not even what if it actually happened, um, not post, um, I, what if it happened after the snap? Okay. What if we find out that the Fantastic Four actually formed during the snap, the first snap, after half the world had been wiped out and right. everything else, and Reed and his crew were actually working on things when the snap happened, they actually found some, they, their thing actually, they their instruments actually uh started reading some some energy flux or whatever. And like you said, it's the snap and, um, that caused it sent out a wave of energy, but now there's one that's sort of like ringing the planet or something. And so they're sent into space to go find out what this energy is and okay. also try and figure out what set, what did, made all these people disappear. And in doing so, like you said, very similar, they go up, but it's not just energy. It's because everything is connected. Now there are actually portals opening up and they go through one and then they come back. And when they do, that portal sends them not through the multiverse, but through um, the negative zone. Mm-hmm. They get there, uh, they get irradiated. We can even, um, you can even still do the whole doom is on the ship with them. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm still. My doom is still going to be scientist sorcerer doom. Like yeah. I'm going to yeah. put this on screen. I well, want Lyrian ruler. It has yeah, to. Be. I want. Re- yes, I want real doom. I want. Yes. But I'm yes. saying we could still put him on the ship. And 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 the science part of him. He's still a scientist, but let's give him like technopathy or something like that. that yeah, that can work. And that's part of what makes his armor different from, say, Iron Man's armor to begin with. So now when he's so when his armor looks, yeah, it looks all classic. But on the inside, we all know it's all. And he's got the technopathy that allows him to do the things that he can do things with this armor that Iron Man could never do. Yeah. But he's also but we'll find out later on. Yes, he learned sorcery and all that other stuff, too. So but anyway. Go through, they come back, and when they come back, it's post-blip. Okay. And now they come back now. And and so they now they've changed. Now the world is dealing with their return after thinking they've been dead and, and everything else. Plus, they've changed. Plus, they brought back something with them. And it's not Doom. It's yeah. And I actually wouldn't have 
Doom be the villain for your first one, I'd actually have it be something like Annihilus or something like that. Yeah, that would like be... Like, they brought back Annihilus with them, and now Doom has to help them defeat Annihilus. But in doing so, that's what gets Doom scarred. That would be cool. I like that. And that's what makes Doom be like, you know what? I should I should never even been with y'all. This is all y'all fault. I'm going home to my country. <laughs> and I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Latveria to be the Latverian Tony Stark and build a world around my country. Exactly. Build armor, a suit of armor around my country. Exactly. I like and, that. And the, and the next time we see him, the next time we see Doom, the next time we see Latveria, it's gone from little small third world, not third world, but little small European nation to technologically advanced European nation. They have to do it in a way where it's not aping the style of Black Panther so much because of course, that's of course, of similar ideas. Of course, because his would own wouldn't just be technologically advanced; it'd be mystically advanced. Yes. As well. Which would it, also like he, he 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 find a way to mix technology and mysticism, which would also be a good way to, you know, because further down the line they would want to incorporate all the other characters who were already established, and that's when, obviously, Doctor Strange would have to say, "Hey, what's going on here? What's this magic stuff that's happening with him?" And they've always had really good interactions in the comics. That would be cool. I like that. So yeah, I that way you that way you tie everything together. You give you get your magic in there, you get your technology, and you don't need you know what? I take the technopathy back. Let's just say that MCU Doom has figured out the ways of doing of mixing magic and mysticism. Like not easily, but no one else knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. Just him. So it, what everybody sees for him as just like really cool tech that he's created there's always still a hint of sorcery or magic within that and again we don't know yet what the 10 rings is going to be about but it seems like they have mysticism and technology wrapped together as well so it could be explained further down the line where he you know he's a person who goes and tries to retrofit what's already been established what's already been found and used kind of like the chitauri tech and stuff like that i think that would be a that would be a good way of showing why he why his armor would be different than just a suit of armor like iron man or and he's been doing and he's been doing it since the the battle of new york like he because he is now, at the time, he wasn't the ruler of Latveria, but because he was high-ranking and whatever, he was able to get some Chitari tech, and he was able to tinker with it, and he's made his armor out of some of that. And But again, he grew up... We, I want him to still have the same old tragic backstory about his mom and all of that and, and, and everything else, but we don't see that. That's already been done. We yeah, they could the, actually just touch on that in part him, two. Yeah, we don't see him training in the magic in magic arts or any in dark magic or any of that he already knows it when we when we meet him but yeah and that that no would be something knows that he knows it because it's he's had to keep it secret right and then once they establish that he's going to be the villain 
of the second movie, then you could delve in all that stuff. That makes exactly. a Exactly. Yeah. So now we, we talked about who we would possibly cast and we, we didn't say who it would be, but my thought was That's half the fun. It's it's definitely half the fun. Um so my idea was to actually have a cast who would be using that de-aging tech that they mm-hmm. like to do in Marvel movies, which... Oh, before we go on, real quick, did you hear that Disney hired the dude on YouTube that basically did the de-aging? He did the deep fake for uh, the Mandalorian Luke Skywalker scene better than they did? Yeah, they hired him? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah he That's did that, funny. and he did one for Tarkin. And they were like, nah... Nah, he's not yeah. just putting us to shame like that. We're going to hire him. That's great. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they those deep fakes, when you see them side by side, you're like, oh, my God, this guy had limited resources. These people had so much money to do this. Hey, it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so, yeah, they hired him. So I'm, awesome. like, I'm sure he's going to be working for, like, <laughs> Disney, Marvel, like, everybody. Anytime they need to do some kind of de-aging or whatever, yeah. like, oh, I got this. Hold on. Let me just go get my laptop. Because, I mean – it's come such a long way from when it was first used to, oh, who was the last, when was the last time it was used? Endgame? Because they, they de-aged that, that short period of time with Hank Pym um, when he was in the, yeah in the facility in the, in the. Uh, yeah. I still think their best one was uh, Samuel L. Jackson in, in, um, in, in Captain Marvel. That looked great. My, my personal favorite is uh, Kurt Russell. Yes, that was very good. Too. I mean, it was – he looked perfect. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where the technology has gotten so good now that they can – I don't know how expensive it is. I don't know if they would make a movie of – a full-length movie of all that being done. Um, but if they were to just do, say, an opening scene with a de-aged version and then talking about how they went through this wormhole and come back, it would be – so they go to the negative zone, right? I'm just spitballing here because I didn't think about this until you brought that up. They go to the negative zone, but it works kind of like Interstellar, where a couple of hours on in the negative zone is, you know, years. Years, okay. But then the way to get back to our Earth, our time, actually ages them properly. So when they come back, they're real age. They're the age they would be. So for that casting, these are the people I picked. Um, Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Reed Richards. I went with Mark Harmon, who looking at him as a, as a young man, he is spot on. And I always liked him and he's funny enough where he could be good for the movie. Um, Classically good looking, but not, not like super duper handsome, Mm -hmm. like kind of in a, Kind of in a, he plays a lot of goofy guys and a lot of nerdy guys, so I yeah. like that. Um, my Sue Storm Invisible Woman was Rebecca De Mornay because I thought back in the day she would have been perfect, like mm-hmm. look wise, gorgeous, she would be perfect. Um, sticking with the the age range, and I I match their ages what they would be. Human Torch, Johnny Storm, Brad Pitt. If he was back in the early, in the 80s, 
Mm-hmm. This is this is what I'm basing all these on is guys in like early to mid 80s. Um, in the mid 80s, he looked exactly like Johnny Storm. And then my thing, Ben Grimm, would be Bruce Willis. And then they could have him, all these characters be their regular age when they come back. Right. Granted, would that carry a franchise? Don't know, because a lot of these guys are maybe 70 now, something like that. Um, and then finally, for my Victor Von Doom, I went with Pierce Brosnan. I thought that he has the, the right kind of arrogance and, uh, you know, he thinks himself the smartest guy in the room, obviously visually looks just like him from the comics from the sixties. Um, so that was, that was my thought for a de-aged version of the fantastic four. You said you had a second cast, right? I do. I'll let you go with your cast first um, to, to, to see what we're going to do. See, okay. see, what you pick. I'd like to, I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear this one. I wanted to, I wanted to do two casts. So the first cast I did was like characters, was actors in their like early to mid thirties. Okay. For their ver- um for this version, um, so because we uh, cast Jonathan, because they've already cast Jonathan Majors as uh, Kang, and yeah. Kang is supposed to be a descendant of. Uh, Reed Richards, um, I went with actually, um, for my younger cast, I went with Kingsley Ben-Adair for Reed Richards. He was Malcolm X in um, uh, One Night in Miami. Um, he's on that show. Bridgerton. Oh, I know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on Bridgerton. He was also um, in the, the Guy Ritchie um this is where I first saw him in. He's in the Guy Ritchie uh, King Arthur flick. Okay. And I actually really liked him in that movie. And I was just like, I always kept seeing him. And I'm like, and every time I see his name, I'm like, wait, that's that dude? Like when I like, it, it, I completely forgot that he was Malcolm X. Like I knew yeah. he was, that's who he was. I was like, oh, oh, wow. You look so different there. And yeah. and then he still looks, but that's my read. Um, for Sue, um, I actually have Haley Bennett. Um Yes, I know. Um, I really liked her in Magnificent Seven. Um, yeah, she was. Good I thought man. she played a pretty strong-willed and you know strong woman in general, strong female character. Um, for my Johnny Storm for that group, I have Dylan O'Brien. Okay. Um, He's runner. Yep. And for my thing for Ben Grimm. Uh, I actually have Rob Kaczynski. Um, he was ah yes, I know who he is. <laughs> yeah, he was the he was the he was the asshole in Pacific Rim. Yeah, he and, uh, good. That's a good, yeah. good pick. Um, he's 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 actually a really nice guy, and he's a bit of a geek. Um, oh, you met him at a con or something? Uh, no, just from watching stuff about Warcraft. Like he, oh, okay, he's a Warcraft fanatic. Like. He got the job because he, he he like auditioned for it, but he like was relentless because he's like, yo, I'm a fan. Like, like I've been like, I'm literally like a number six player of the world or whatever. Like, no, no joke. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, huh. then, like, oh, no, no. I played it. Yeah, I've thrown about a hundred couple of hours in it. He's like, nah, I'm ranked. <laughs> it's like, okay. But yeah, so he's my Ben because he's big 
guy, but he's also could be like, you know, lovable. And yeah. for that doom, um, I actually have uh, Pilu Aspak, who was in Overlord and yes. and in um, Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. Actually, both my dooms are from Game of Thrones. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, but yeah. See, originally he was just my my doom pick. Just I really like him. Like every time someone says I want him for doom, I'm like, yeah, but I like Pilu Aspect because he's. He's like he's got this charming personality, but he could also be like really terrifying. I remember you mentioning him when we were talking about X Men, and you said that he would be a good uh, saber tooth. And I was like, wow, he would be a good saber tooth. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I was saying that, but now I want him for. I'd really. I like that. Him. I think that's good. I think that's a good call because he's just the right amount of menacing and in in, in um. The movie you just said with the world war ii uh overlord overlord um he's just oh yeah just the right amount of menacing and trying to be he doesn't succeed in this trying to be like debonair like <laughs> yes. he's he always comes off more creepy than debonair but uh, he's yes. trying which is kind of yeah, but there's there, there is charm to be had yes. and it's like it's like but you're but you definitely are trying too hard yeah exactly all right, I like that cast. I like that. Um, so I'll go with my just standard, like if they were to just cast this movie as it's now and something's going to happen to these guys and this is the cast, this is who I went with. Um, my Reed Richards, I went with a guy named Gwilym Lee. He's He was he played Brian May in the Queen movie. Um, I know who you're talking about. He's tall. Uh, brown hair attractive guy and he was also recently in the show the great which if anybody if you're looking for a funny show that show is really really funny it's dry british humor but it's very funny Um, and he plays like the best friend of the king and Mm -hmm. just he treats him terribly (laughs) so he's kind of like uh he's good at playing like second fiddle kind of loser also um but he would be my pick for reed i went with amanda seyfried as i hate you (laughs) was that your pick no but like literally i like when i was trying to go for it like i almost picked her like 50 dimes and i'm like nah i'm like nah because i'm gonna put her on there and it's gonna be like nah she's too or she's too she still looks so young and did it and i'm like so i'm like no i'm gonna find somebody else i'm gonna find somebody i hate you well here's the here's the reasoning okay so until last week when she said i have no interest in playing um superheroes i was like oh yeah she would be great and she would probably be up for it um but i think i just read recently that she has no interest in superhero movies so maybe she never will be but Mm -hmm. she has delivered really good performances in the last couple of years i agree um, she looks i mean page for page, you know page for picture she looks exactly like sue in my opinion um depending on who the artist is and all that stuff and she's just has the right gravitas to to play that role i think um this is a popular pick and it's, it's nothing like earth shattering but my human torch and she is 35 my human torch pick was zach efron he's 33 okay yeah that was that's that is mine 
he just has a cocky. Yep. I'm better than you at everything. I mean, the yep. dude is, he just looks like Johnny Storm. He probably acts like Johnny Storm. And in other movies I've seen him in, he portrays that kind of douchey character. And I think Which he's funny because he seems to be, he, I want, he has this. I'm Netflix. sure he's a very nice guy. Yeah. Cause he, I, he has a Netflix thing and I was watching it and I was like, oh, you're actually just a down to earth dude. I like you. Right. And I've seen him in other movies where he's, you know, not a douche, but in, he plays in, one very well. He plays one very well. Yeah. Um, my, Ben Grimm, the thing for this this cast here would be uh, John David Washington, and that is my dude. And he's he's a guy that honestly you could drop him into any role and he's going to kill it. Because yeah, he's actually really good. He's just he's awesome. I I think he's really good, but I think that he has the even though he's not large or like imposing, mm. just has this he exudes this energy of do not fuck with me because i will fuck you up like that's what i get off of him even though he's you know playing guys who are very soft-spoken he just has that energy of like he will kick your ass i i didn't think he could do action and then i watched tenant and then i was like oh never mind he's awesome in that he's so good. I, I, I ordered my hot sauce five minutes ago i like yo <laughs> yeah. okay okay <laughs> That's, that's, a, one of that's how you walk into an ambush. You, it's, it's, that you guy, know. you believe him from minute one that he is that good at everything. I mean, you know, it's obviously it's no one's take on a Bond film and I get I, all that stuff. But I mean, dropping him into that movie, he's perfect. And he is definitely a guy who, I mean, we could go down a, a list of 100 superheroes and I'd be like, yeah, he could probably do that. Yeah, he could probably oh, yeah. do that. So um, he's my he's my Ben Grimm. And then for uh, my Victor Von Doom for this cast, I went with the, uh, Dan Stevens, who another guy who he was in. Uh, buh, 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 buh. He was in a movie. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's in a movie called The Guest, which is a horror movie about a guy who comes. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he says he's a friend of a guy from the military. He was recently or he was in the show about um, David Haller, uh, Xavier's son. Why is this? Oh, Legion, yeah. Legion. He was in Legion. Um, he was in a horror movie called The Apostle. He's in a bunch of stuff, but he's a guy who... The Apostle was awesome. It was. It was really good. Um, but he just has that... Again, he's... Physically, he looks, like, perfect, and mm-hmm. he can portray that... Uh, he was also in Downton Abbey, apparently. I didn't watch that, but um, he just yes. has this look of an aristocrat, but also I've seen him in things where he's been very menacing. So I, he, I think he'd fit in perfect for, for doom for this cast, that age range. Um, so that would be my cast for that one. Well, my cast for like, just, you know, casting them at a regular age at their normal age, like you said. Um, and you could, and, and we could definitely still do a little bit of de-aging for if we, you know, set it during, during the snap and everything. Mm -hmm. But, uh, For my older one is uh, I actually had Sterling K. Brown. And yes, I know he's been in, you know, I know he was in Black Panther, but that character is done. Right. And, and will not be showing up again. Like, even if they had Killmonger show back up, we won't be seeing his father show back up. Right. So I, I think we're safe with that. He's um, also a, he's also an actor who can kind of 
be a chameleon because I've seen him in yeah. things where I'm like, well, he's not even recognizable in this. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Oh yeah. Um, but because you mentioned it, um, a backup for that, um, John David Washington. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'll take like, it. Like, like seriously, like when you said it, I was like, damn, if I had thought of that first, that would have worked even better because then I wouldn't be reusing a Marvel or like an MCU character, um, yeah. actor already. But like, I really liked the idea of Sterling K Brown as, uh, as Reed because he's, he can pull off intense, but he can also pull off very intelligent. Yes. At like almost hyper intelligent. Like you could definitely just see it in his face. Like he right. has that kind of face that where if they went for a moment where Reed was thinking something through. Yes. You'd see it on his face. And, and I like that. Um, for Sue, um, I actually went with, um, and Sterling K. Brown is 45. Okay. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard for Sue. I like that. Um, she's 40. She deserves um, a second chance at a Marvel thing, man. She's she's a good actress. Yeah. Um, wait, what would what did she what did she try out for? Well, she was in not in Marvel Cinematic. She was in uh she played uh, by Gwen Stacy. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah. Which she was unrecognizable in that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, and that was so long ago. Yeah. I was just like, I'm like, wait, what? What do you, you said Gwen Stacy. I was like, no, that was Emma Stone. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, other one. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually think she'd be uh, a really good Sue. She's um, intelligent. She's brilliant in front of and behind the camera. Um mm-hmm. And I, I just think she'd just bring that kind of intelligence and that eye, you know, to her. Um, obviously, as I said, I have the same human torch, Zach Efron, right. um, a seven year difference. I mean, but Bryce Howard, Dallas Howard doesn't even look like she's that, like she's really 40. Yeah. So she could be pulling off like 37 or 36 and there would literally be only a three year difference between them for all we know. Yep. But, um, but yeah, Zach Efron is my perfect I, like, I think um, he just think, he just embodies that character to me. He really so. does. Um, for Ben Grimm, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I like that. And I, I actually originally had him on a list at one point, but I thought he may be too old at this point. Um, if Michael Chiklis did it when he did it, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Jeffrey Dean freaking Morgan. This is Negan. This is, this is, Nah, I, I, I could see because that's the other thing is is that Ben doesn't need to technically be young. True. When he transforms, because you know, he's just it's gonna become rock and strength. Right. So um I just I just I don't know. I've always liked him, the gruff, that gruff teddy bear aspect to him. Yeah. Just, I, I just I just really like that. Um and I really feel like he could embody that really well. Um and as I said, my doom is also from Game of Thrones. Um I actually have Nikolaj Kostorwadu. Yes. That's a good doom. pick. That as soon as you said that, I knew who that I knew that's who you're going with. And it it just Jamie Lannister just fit. It just it just fit. Cause he's fucking he's gorgeous to look at. Yeah. But I and but he's also freaking intimidating. And he's like, charming and he's sinister. Oh my god, he's everything. A, yes. 
how you how do you have someone that can have a character literally push somebody out of a window in an episode and then like two seasons later you've almost forgotten about that <laughs> because their character growth has been so much that you just like and it and it clicks in the back you're like oh but he pushed the kid out the window yeah and he's banging his sister yeah well, don't care. Like, even like oh <laughs> why i like you now though i like you now yeah and, it's and, and i know that and he he just bring that to doom like yeah. the smarminess but at the same time like it, it wouldn't be smarmy it would yeah. literally just be he'd just be so just oh i just think he just and i and yeah, he, he literally popped in my head today because like i said pilu aspect has been my one and Nikolaj Kostawadu didn't pop into my head until today. And he's always been my pick for Craven. Oh, he would be a good Craven, better than who they cast. So yeah. So <laughs> I I I I I was like, yeah, but then I was like, no, he'd make an amazing doom. Yeah, he would be really good. I like that. It's a good pick. So um, so I mean, whoever they end up casting, they're always good at casting. Marvel has has very rarely cast anybody where there was completely you know crap and I'm, i i listen i i want to i i i there's i cast this way because i was trying to get away from what everybody expects and everybody is wanting which right is and john krasinski mm-hmm. and they would be fucking fantastic they 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 really would they, i'd they like would, them but it did, i've never been sold on that idea see uh, I, I i wasn't until i watched a Quiet Place. Okay. I wasn't sold on them until I watched A Quiet Place. And then I was like, you know, I I, I really could see that. I mean, Emily Blunt was, I works because of, you know, uh, what was it? Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Right. I, I, she, right yeah. there, I was like, oh, you could pull off anything. Like, you can pull yeah, off she was smart, really badass, every, like, you, you're good. I was never like I never watched The Office like that, so I wasn't a huge John Krasinski. Like I didn't I hadn't seen a lot of his stuff, and I watched The Quiet Place, and I was like, Nah, yeah, no, he could he could pull off Reed because yeah. he had that that fatherly love for the like that I could see Reed having for his kids, but even just for Reed and Ben, and like he had that that leadership quality without being Captain America leader, right? You know what right. I mean? Where it was leading from example, but also leading from here. Yeah. And, he's the and, smartest and guy in the room, and he's everybody knows you gotta follow him. Yeah. And and in a quiet place, it wasn't that he was the smartest, but he was very you could tell that in the time that they had done this, like they had really figured things out. And so he was they it was very, very, very meticulous with what they were doing. And then the fact that he directed it, I was like, all right, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see this. So I'd go for that, but it'd be cool if they cast outside of the box too. True. Yeah. I think that again, no matter who they cast and they, they're good for like casting somebody outside that you wouldn't really think about, you know? So they've done that plenty of times. So I think that well, whoever they cast, I think will be good in the role. I think they'll be able to deliver. Um, these are just our, quick thoughts on the matter but hopefully we get this fantastic four movie and and it 
you know, it's everything. Get a real fantastic formal. <laughs> yeah, get a real fantastic formal. We again, and we get really, and we really get Doctor Doom. Yes, I mean that's the one thing. I mean, even those other movies by uh, Tim Story, I thought they're fun. They're they're pre MCU movies. You know, they're are they great? No, they're cheesy. They're campy, but they're not terrible. I don't think. I mean, I've rewatched them both a few times, and I actually like the second one a little bit better than the first one, only because I like the uh, Silver Surfer stuff. Again. I mean, there's major problems. The the Galactus stuff is a big problem, but it, it's it is what it is. It's a pre MCU movie, so um, they're going to deliver something that's actually true to the comics in the in their version of these these characters, and I, I can't wait for that. I'm I'm really stoked for that. I I am too because it's gonna it, it it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I really hope that we eventually get to uh the true first family era of their storytelling like i really hope we we get the movie and then by like maybe the second no not even this i don't want to say second but like by the third movie we have like franklin and valeria yeah that'd be cool even if we do like a time jump like because the stories they're telling some of the stories they're getting to tell now with this with the full extended family is just just so much fun it it would actually, and I'm getting ahead of myself here. It would be cool that if at one point in time you got to see a different version of the Fantastic Four, or like alternate, whatever you want to call them, the, the like a variant version where they're in the Future Foundation suits, or they're in the uh, red and black suits, or like where it's the remember the '90s version where it was. Uh, the Hulk and Spider-Man and Logan and Ghost Rider, right? Back. Yeah, yeah. They came that. back. For, they've come back like two or three times. That would be cool. Yeah, it, they have a lot. I mean, the world is uh, Marvel's oyster as of right now with this multiverse stuff. I mean, they've literally opened the door to so many different possibilities. So I'm really excited for that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, we've, I think we touched on everything we wanted to this episode. Um, anything you wanted to add or anything you want to cover before we, we uh, sign off here? Uh, yeah, just if you're on, again, if you're on the fence, go, go watch that He-Man. Um, and you know what, if that's not even your thing, go get the DC, the DC comics run. That was, that was, that was fantastic. That was, if you need, if you need adult He-Man that mm-hmm. has lots of He-Man and it's not the Tila show. Go get the, go get the DC. Go get the DC Comics run. There's an omnibus out. I think it's like forty some fifty bucks. But the thing is like that thick. Or for fifty bucks, you could just go buy an old school Mossman and then scratch him and smell him, and he smells like. There pumpkin. you go. Call me you want. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to sign off now. Uh, we'll see you next week to talk about last week. And uh, again, this is Ed and Brian. Thank you guys for listening. Till next week. Till next week.